1: Welcome back. You're listening to MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with producer Liz Gill. I am Jay White. On today's show, we'll speak with Jamie Lee, the chairperson of the Mississippi Senior Olympics. If you turn 50 this year, you qualify and you probably do better than I could. Martial arts comes in many forms and we'll speak with Marvin Williams, an instructor of the Brazilian dance and acrobatic martial arts form, Capoeira. And uh, it's about history and its practice. That's what we'll be speaking about today. But first, we've invited onto the show the director of the Mississippi Blues Marathon, John Noblin. John, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for being on the show. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. This is uh, an event that uh, I look forward to each and every year. My wife has competed in this numerous times and um, hoping for a triumphant return of the marathon. I know weather has wreaked some havoc with it. Uh, so, uh, if you will, for folks who who don 't know about it or who are you know live outside of maybe the the jackson metro area since we 're on around the state and would love to to take a part in it if they could, uh, tell us about the the blues marathon sure well, this will be the uh, it 's the eleventh annual
2: although it 's only the tenth running uh, after <laughs> after last year uh, and we have d- drawn uh runners. From, at this point, registration—we've got runners from forty-six states and seven countries. Uh, the last two or three years, we've had runners from all fifty states. Uh, we've probably had, over the course of eight years of the uh, or the, the eleven years of the race, um, I think I counted up 25, 24, 25 countries. Um, and it's just you know something that has sort of become a, a part of the community. I think here in Jackson.
1: How how does that happen? I know some of it is is organic, but, you know, there are things that some people try to force on people and it never takes for whatever reason or another. But there are other things that kind of grow organically into this awesome thing that's become a tradition and kind of part of the community of the or the fabric of the community. And that's the the Blues Marathon, I think, is one of those things. You know, that's a that's a
2: really good question. I think you probably get different answers from different people I think the 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 running community we we sort of hit at a good time for the growth the kind of the, the, this this most recent running boom yeah. um, and sort of rode that or have ridden that wave a little bit um, I think the the running community uh, around here it feels like it's it's nice to have something that has a, for sort of a national reputation right here in town and so you know they stay behind it I think the the fact that We offer multiple distances that nobody is really eliminated by their ability or interest in, you know, and how far they like to run, especially this year with the addition of a 5K. Uh, And then... I think the the fact that the, the, the music and that we really have had um, the a, a blues theme to the event that it's more than just a name, that there's a lot of music, there's a lot of live music throughout the day. There's a live of music all day at the finish line. The race has been a, 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 we've donated to the the Blues Commission in the past so that it gives folks who aren't even runners a chance to either come out and uh, enjoy the music or volunteer uh, for the race because it's people people want to greet you know they want to they want to show folks a good time when they come to jackson and so i think the combination has just been good for the
1: the growth of the
2: event and the significance in the community
1: so tell me a little bit about uh the the track the course uh is it has it changed from time to time or year to year or how how do you go about putting that together
2: over the year well uh, originally the my goal in designing you know the, the 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 first Route and it has changed a little bit. My thought was when I when I kind of felt like we would have a national audience for the race. I said if we could because I'm a I'm a lifetime Jacksonian. Mm-hmm. I realized at uh, uh, one point a while back in a conversation about the about the race and with the JPD that um, it, I, I've never except for college I've never lived or worked outside of the city limits, which not a lot of folks can can say um, or would want to say. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, my idea was if you could get someone to Jackson who'd never been here before and you're going to get them for one day in their life, yeah, what would you show them? And so, you know, the course passes the old capital and the new capital, and the Welty House and the museum district and Jackson State and Millsaps and Bellhaven, and, uh, in the, uh the major hospitals, um, the, some, you know, significant neighborhoods, um a couple of the blues trail markers that are that are happen to be in town yeah. um so it's really just a little it's just a little tour of sort of the personality of Jackson
1: that's really cool and and,
2: and but but you, and then you said has it has the route changed um over the years due to some some street Either construction or some street changes. One year we, you know, we had a we had a street that became a cul-de-sac uh, at one point on one of the residential <laughs> streets, and so you know we had to had to change that. And there, from time to time, there are logistical things, construction or repairs or uh, improvements that you know will necessitate a, a change. And then, and then as we as it's grown and we've moved and we sort of found a home at the Art Garden of the of the Mississippi Museum of Art, uh, that necessitated a little change when we
1: move the start and finish down there. That's right. If you stay if you stay on Capitol Street too long, you'll run into, a, you know, one of those roundabouts. It took them about eight years to put in. And I think I would probably I'd turn into a holiday national lampoons holiday vacation thing where I just stay on the <laughs> roundabout for about ten <laughs> minutes and then lose my place. Anyway. All right. So uh, you mentioned there are a lot of different uh levels, I guess skill levels you can jump into because there's a lot of different lengths that you offer uh for the race tell us a little bit more about that well the you know
2: obviously with any marathon the personality uh, generally uh, and then kind of the marquee event is the marathon and that's kind of what's on some people's bucket list and that kind of thing the, the our largest field will be in the half marathon and that's right now nationally the trend is that's kind of the hot growing fastest growing distance because it's just so much easier to train for it and so much easier on your body it's it's, that's just over thirteen miles. That's thirteen point one, because the marathon, of course, is thir- is twenty six point two. But the the impact, you know, physically on your on your body is is far less than half the, the impact of a marathon. It's yeah. just um, so the, the half marathon will be you know, will be the, be the largest field. Uh, three three or four years ago, we started so uh, something we call the quarter note. Uh, that's actually a quarter marathon, which is ten and a half k or or six and a half miles. And then this year we're adding a five k just to have something for folks who are either you know, brand new runners or you know maybe walkers, although we have walkers in the quarter and the half yeah um, but just something to to you know get a new audience out there that that just doesn't aspire to do anything longer than that
1: now Liz brought up a great question um The, the race has a connection to uh to other big races that people may have heard of, like the Boston Marathon, of course, I think everybody knows. Uh, And has heard about that. And, and I wonder how, how much do you interact with or exchange ideas with? Like, I know, you know, New Orleans has a big marathon. Uh, Memphis has a big marathon also. And those are, you know, uh, big events that are within, you know, a geographical vicinity of us that are also really cool events. But I know a lot of people, you know, they, they love the event right here in Jackson. And so I wonder how much, you know, you rub shoulders with folks from other, the other events.
2: Most of that goes on at some of these race director conferences and and things like that. The main thing we try to do, and we really only have to do it, you know, once, is in setting a date for a race. Generally, just try to stay off of other people's toes. Yeah, Um, Mm. and that and that was one of the reasons that we changed the date of the race. We've always been the first or second Saturday, and. That in itself, we kind of bounced back and forth, which made it a little bit uncertain. And we moved to the last Saturday of the month because depending on on how the year started and the first or second Saturday fell, we were either the same weekend as the Disney Marathon or Mm -hmm. there's a marathon over in Baton Rouge um, that, you know, we we just want to stay kind of out of each other's way. And um, they had fairly set weekends and we were kind of bouncing back and forth. So I looked at the, when we when we got the late start this year it, because of needing to bring in new sponsorship we had to you know, I looked at trying to gain a little more time and so we pushed back a couple of weeks there was nothing going on anywhere closer than I think Miami marathon wise at the, yeah. the final Saturday so we
1: moved back there very good and I know you also have to you know keep you know, in mind how the weather will work in Mississippi. I, a lot of people don't understand. Well, people who live here do, but maybe outside don't understand. Our winters are harsh. You know, it's we're in the deep south, so people think it's all about the summer right here. But our winters, while maybe not temperature wise, get as as cold as other parts of the country. We still have harsh weather during the winters, and that's something. Of course, with last year, you have to try to you know avoid somehow or another. So how do how do you is weather a thing that you look at at all? I know that in the middle of the summer is I don't know that'd be right next to impossible, but you
2: know. yeah, that that's a that's a good point. The the ideal temperature, I think most folks would say, most runners would say for a marathon is somewhere in the 40 to 50 range. Hmm. So, you know, marathon, ideal marathon weather is not really great, you know, hanging around outside weather <laughs> because you just you build up so much heat in the course of right, yeah. hours of running. And um, in, in our, like you said, the unpredictable Mississippi weather, the race I was looking back over some some you know past years, and the race starting temperatures have ranged between seventeen and fifty five for <laughs> for the race and you know there 's been some years that uh you know that it 's never gotten above freezing and there 's been some years that you know we 've had people showing up to run in no shirt and you know, you know <laughs> sports bra type you know run you know crop run ladies running uh tops and you know shorts and and so you, you really never know what you're gonna get and I don't think the later date I don't think two more weeks would give us anything significant change with the weather but basically when you when you put on an event like this or you participate um, you just know that the weather's when all you can do is watch and prepare you can't you can't change it right so
1: <laughs> all right so new sponsor this year you, you mentioned that earlier so it's exciting news right very
2: excited to have continental tire come in as the the Presenting sponsor. Yeah, um, they that was a uh, it took us several months of shopping around and and uh, trying to make develop some new contacts uh, to get in touch with them and get them on board. And we're real excited at the time they that we started talking. They only had one employee in Jackson, and and he he was not uh, someone who would you know be in, the, in a, this this kind of Involved in this kind of decision, so we ended up dealing with their their corporate headquarters in in South Carolina, their North American headquarters, who were in turn dealing with the corporate headquarters in Germany. Um, but they they came on, and I think it's been it's been a great relationship so far. Um, Visit Jackson has come on board, um, which the the previous arrangement uh, in the past with the race, uh, an exclusive sponsorship arrangement didn't allow us to have multiple sponsors. So Visit Jackson has come on, Visit Mississippi and you know, Mississippi Development Authority has come on. Very cool. Um, so now it's becoming more of sort of a collective uh, a, a group that all has Mississippi, uh, I think at it, it, it heart and the best interest and, and the, the Continental thing is really interesting. It, I hope that it will develop into a long-term deal because they are certainly making a long-term commitment to Mississippi and the Jackson area with a plant that I understand out there off of 20 uh, is going to be about twice the size of Nissan. Wow. So it's um, it, it, it It's a major commitment they're making to Mississippi.
1: Well good deal, and then no better way that I think they could you know help bring the name out there than with the the sponsorship of the marathon here is there still time to register for the race if not can they volunteer to do other stuff? How can they get involved?
2: yes um to, <laughs> to all of that uh, the registration is still open uh, and we'll be through through the the expo the uh, Thursday and Friday at the Marriott the day before you know, before the race runner check in um and volunteer registration is absolutely still open and we are for some reason, uh, really short on volunteers this year, particularly course marshals folks to work around the race course, directing the runners and doing kind of light traffic control in the residential areas. Um, that is the the volunteers are really the personality of this race because they're the ones that see the runner, especially the course marshals that see the runners, you know, face to face while they're out doing their thing. Yeah, and they're you know whether it's just pointing the way to go or cheering or encouraging or whatever, we always get have always gotten a really high marks and a lot of positive feedback about. Our volunteers, yeah, and for some reason the the numbers are way down. So we I, I, we, we need a couple hundred more volunteers. Oh, it wow. takes about it takes about eight hundred to put on the race from Wednesday night when we start setting up to Saturday afternoon when the last piece of trash is picked up. Between the folks that work the expo and and help the runners, you know, check in and get their packets to. Man in the aid stations and the water stops around the course. Um, so you know we're 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 a couple hundred short at this point. And um, volunteer registration is also online. You can you can go you can go on the the website and choose your job, choose your time, and even if you're a course marshal, you can you, you can request a particular location. If the race route comes to your neighborhood, you can volunteer you know right down the street. And that's that's all at www.msbluesmarathon.com. dot com.
1: All right, msbluesmarathon.com. John, thank you so much, man, and I I hope all the best. I hope the weather stays right. Me too. And um, I know if it does, y'all will put on a great event, and a bunch of people will enjoy it and uh, fall in love with it again, man. Thank you so much for coming in. My pleasure. Glad to be here. All right, Mississippi Blues Marathon, that's coming up. Hey, uh, in our next segment, uh, or a little bit later on in the show, we're going to be speaking about Capoeira. Which is something I may go into. I might have to stretch first. But next up, we'll speak with Jamie Lee, the chairperson for the Mississippi Senior Olympics. That's coming up on MPB Season Pass on Think Radio. Welcome back. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with producer Liz Gill. I am Jay White. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, We have with us now on the line, Jamie Lee, chairperson for the Mississippi Senior Olympics. Jamie, thanks for your time this morning. How are you?
3: I'm good, Jay. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Uh, And again, thank you for coming on and uh, joining us this morning. If you will, tell folks a little bit about the, the, the Senior Olympics.
3: Right. Well, um the Senior Olympics and began in the state of Mississippi in 1984 with um efforts by the Oxford Parks and Recreation Department also the University of Mississippi, you know, Ole Miss, and you know they were just trying to look for something um an activity, some games, competition for seniors to do. So they uh like I said in 1984 they put that together. The event drew around 87 participants and it was just a one-day event back then. Um, then the following year, you know, it got bigger and got bigger and bigger and bigger. And finally, um, in the early nineties, they changed their name, you know, went from the Golden Games to the Mississippi Senior Olympics. And then by that time, and you know, less than 10 years, it had grown to be over 300 participants, um, competing. And then it was, you know, it just, it just kept getting bigger and bigger. It was, uh, four days, um, in 92 and then it moved to Clinton in 2006, uh, became, part of the clinton parks and recreation department and then in 2015 um the senior olympics merged with the mississippi gulf coast senior games and became one organization which is now the mississippi senior olympics and it is headquartered in biloxi mississippi and um now it's stretched out you know over a month month and a half and we're expecting somewhere over 900 participants this year
1: so uh over 900 participants uh what will what will the the age range be of the participants that you have in the events
3: well participants must be 50 years of age and older as of december 31st 2018 Mm -hmm. um the way that you know the, the age group goes the age update is the last day of the year of this year of course would be 2018 so they must be 50 by then so Anyone that is, I guess, essentially turning fifty by the end of the year, so they could actually be forty-nine, all the way up to whatever, whatever age they can still compete at.
1: Very interesting. What are who are some of the like? And I don't mean to, to to make light of this at all, but like, how, how old are some of the people that that compete in some of the events? Also,
3: well, um, it, it varies. Um, you know, we have different age groups set up. Like, there are. There are eight different age groups that are set up throughout this 50 to 54, 60 to 64, 70 to 74, 80 to 84, Um, of course, excuse me, 50 to 54, 55 to 59, 60 to 64, 65, 69, 70 to 74, 75, 79, 80 to 84, and 85 years of age and older. We have actually had quite a few athletes that have been over 85 years of age and older compete. And so, you know, it's it's a great program for them, you know, um, and that's one of the great things about it. You know, you're not going to have a 50-year-old or a 49-year-old who's turning 50 very soon compete against somebody. They may compete with them, but they're not competing against them, if that makes sense. Absolutely. You know, so we so we offer awards for all those different age groups, male and female of each category, and it's just it's it's a great event. And um you know we're just we're pushing for all that are interested and eligible to come on out and do it. You know we have so many different sports that that they can compete in.
1: What are some of those some of the the events that they can compete in?
3: um Well, I know there's twenty three
1: total, right?
3: There's twenty three, and I'll just go over some of the, some of the big ones with you. Um, Like we have, we have, we have individual and team sports, you know, bowling, bowling's a pretty big event, pickleball, which is, you know, we've seen really grow, you know, not just with the, with the senior Olympics, but, you know, just across the nation as a whole pickleball is a big craze that's going on right now that a lot of, a lot of people are getting interested in. And it's become one of our larger events. Um, we have swimming, we have golf, um, volleyball basketball different track and field events um you know we have 5k 10k races or walks um trying to think of some of the other ones we have shuffleboard i think i mentioned bowling um just um and some of the other ones you know some of the smaller ones that aren't quite as big but we're hoping to grow we have like bocce darts um frisbee golf or disc golf
1: um I think uh, that's a (laughs) a lot of events already that you mentioned right there.
3: Yeah, it's it's, it's, like I said, it's a a great event. And, um, you know, we're we're pushing for people to come on out, come on out and do it. You know, it's very affordable. It's a great time. All of our events are right here on the Gulf Coast, um, you know, and it's a great event that we're wanting people to come out and participate in.
1: Do the Mississippi Senior Olympics, are they in any kind of way... um, uh, I guess associated with uh, a national event or anything like that? Are they a qualifier for national events or anything like that?
3: We are. Um, Every year, every even year, so this is 2018, will be a qualifying year for the 2019 Senior Game or Senior Olympics, National Senior Olympics, which will be held in Albuquerque. This past year in 2017, they were actually held in Birmingham, so, 2016, we had our games was you know qualifying year for 2017 in Birmingham. Now we're at 2018 and we're qualifying for 2019, which will be held in Albuquerque. So it's it's a it's a pretty big year for us here on the coast.
1: All right, so tell us a little bit about um, uh, a, a date line, I guess, because you mentioned you know all these different events. And, uh, you know, all the different uh, uh, number of folks that will be participating if somebody wants to register for the events or I'm sure uh, that that you could use uh, help organizing and, and, and carrying out the events if somebody wanted to volunteer or something like that, I'm supposing. But uh, if somebody wants to get in contact with you or learn a, bit, a little bit more about the Mississippi Senior Olympics, how do they do that?
3: Right. Um, I know you mentioned our website earlier, which is at ms SeniorOLYM.org. That's mm-hmm. all one word, mssenioroly org. That's our state website, and you can go on there and find all kinds of information. But if you do want to email us directly, you know, if you're interested in, you know, events, you want some information, volunteering, so on and so forth, you can email MSO at M S org. That's the same as our website, MSO at MSSENIOROLYM.org. Or you know, if um, or if you want to email me directly, even my email is JLEE at biloxi, B-I-L-O-X-I dot MS dot us. Either one of those, you know, um, feel free to reach out to us, and we'll be more than happy to help you
1: out. And that's great, too. I love it, you know, that they're on the coast and, you know, you you have a lot of uh, I got resort type destinations on the on the Mississippi coastline as well. And you can turn it uh, not just into a competition that you're going to, but, you know, almost like a, a vacation. You could do uh, you know, a whole week or a whole weekend down there while you're doing uh, the events that you've uh, that you've uh, qualified for at the Senior Olympics. Uh, thank you so much for your time this morning. Really, really appreciate you coming on.
3: All right, buddy. i Thanks for having me, and uh, we look forward to people coming out and participating this year. Thank you so much.
1: Absolutely. All right. That's uh, Jamie Lee with the Mississippi Senior Olympics. Again, that website, if you want to learn more, is ms senior o l y m org. Ms senior org. Very good. Very cool stuff. I know that if I were if if I were Going to the games to watch, Liz, I would find the 80 and over folks, and I would follow them around all day and night and be marveled by what they're doing and scared to death to have to actually be in competition with them, because I know I'd get smoked and everything.
4: Well, Jay, you need to train up. You've got some times. You're not <laughs> quite the 49 yet, so you've got no, some times. Maybe, maybe horseshoes, maybe bocce ball.
1: Right. Absolutely. Horseshoes. It's not, it's not so bad. You don't have to be a cutting-edge athlete to do horseshoes. Maybe I've found an end. All right, when we we come back, Capoeira is what we'll be talking about on MPB Season Pass.
0: Listen again to stories and shows at mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: Welcome back. It's MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with producer Liz Gill. I'm Jay White. Thanks so much for listening on this Thursday morning. Capoeira is an Afro-Brazilian martial art that combines elements of dance, acrobatics, and music. And Marvin Williams is on this morning with us. He's an instructor in Jackson at Boxers Rebellion. Marvin, thank you for coming on the show this morning. How are you? I'm great.
5: Good morning. How you all doing?
1: We're doing well. We appreciate you coming on. Tell us a little bit about the history of capoeira.
5: Well, basically, Capoeira was birthed
1: out of the slave trade.
5: Um, About 40% of the slaves was traded to Brazil. And through that period, um, a lot of the slaves had downtime, and they got a little bored. In my opinion, they used it to amuse themselves at first. And after it started to shape and come together, it turned into more of a way of survival and a way of liberating themselves. So this was like... Around the 1600s or the 16th century. Yeah.
1: Describe for our listeners capoeira, if you will.
5: Okay. Well,
1: capoeira is a lot of things.
5: It's it's dance, it's it's song, it's music, and it's also self-defense. So it's very versatile. And like I spoke before, um, the slave trade or the slaves, they couldn't really show that they were down there practicing how to fight. they disguised it with the music and with the dance. So with the martial arts aspect of it, you do have the artistic part, which is the dancing, playing instruments, and also the singing. And a big part of it is the community. It builds um,
1: a strong community. Absolutely. How were you introduced to uh, Capoeira?
5: Well, um, actually, I was introduced by a movie. It was a movie came out in the late 90s called Only the Strong, and I wasn't really familiar with Capoeira, or I didn't know what it was until I watched the movie, and I think I was in high school around that time, and about 10 years passed, or a few years passed, and a friend of mine mentioned it to me, and I was playing a video game. If you was in the uh, PlayStation like I was, it was a game called Tekken Three, and
0: mm-hmm. there was
5: a character on there named Eddie Gordo, and I was very fond of his movements, and When I ran into this friend in the grocery store, they mentioned it to me, and once she described it to me and I got the name correct, um, I went to the nearest gym, and my first teacher, his name is Ivory Harris, and ever since he taught me uh, back in 2006, I've been a part of it, so that's a little bit of how I got introduced.
1: How hard is capoeira to pick up or learn? Okay,
5: well... (laughs) (laughs) It's not hard at all. Um, any age is welcome, and any age could do capoeira, from toddlers to 80 to 70 years old. Um, I've had teachers, and I've actually had students as old as 60 to 65, and our grand teacher, our grand master, his name is Curtis Pierre. He's based out of New Orleans. He's in his 60s, and he's very, very healthy and fit and he usually gives us a good round for our money every time we play or we <laughs> spar with him. So any age, any group is welcome. It's very easy to learn and the popular version of Capoeira is called he's now and it has a lot of acrobatics and it can look intimidating mm-hmm. if you first look at that version. The style that I teach and I'm closer to is Angola mm-hmm. and it's slower and we Basically, keep our feet on the ground most of the time.
1: <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I, very easy. <laughs> I got you. So, if you if you could, if it if, if if there's a way to do it fairly simply, outline a little bit about how how the 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 sport or the competition kind of breaks down. How do you go about playing it?
5: Well, basically, um, each capoeira group in every state usually have a hoarder. And that's what we basically call a uh, sparring session or a convention in English terms. But we invite other groups from other states and other regions to our area. And it's a custom to where when you do invite another group to your state, you take care of them, you house them, you feed them, you, you know, you, you buff them around wherever we're going, you show them the site. So we usually call a hoarder. We send out a, you know, a viral message or we talk to our close friends that's in other states and we invite you to come to join us and we spent about two or three days where we just go over all the, the, um, the aspects of cup World. we train together. And then usually at the, the last day of the convention, we have a big quarter or a big uh, sparring session where each and every student could test their abilities against each other. And like I mentioned before, We also have music involved and capoeira is the only martial arts that I know that incorporate music and singing with their practition, with their um, conventions. And when we play and when we spar, we always have music to control the game and to control the energy of um, the sparring session. So that's a little bit of how we come, you know, we get together and spar together and, and have a good time.
1: Okay, when you're, when you're in the midst of it and you're competing, do, I mean, do you score points? Are you judged? How do you go about uh, getting to victory, or am, or am I approaching it wrong?
5: No, you're approaching it right. There's really no – everybody wins in the game. Perfect. But perfect. you have some, somewhat of a scoring thing, uh-huh. you want to catch your opponent off guard, or sometimes you want to uh, knock your opponent off balance. We rarely make contact. We throw mock kicks. Mm -hmm. And we throw mock punches or strikes. We rarely make contact. Sometimes, you know, we do. And like, you know, men, us, and women, we can get a little aggressive and competitive. And if you have two students that's very evenly matched, they may test each other to the edge or they may get a little aggressive um, towards each other. But the only way you could lose if you don't play. (laughs) Right. There's no loser. Um, The scoring system, like I said, each person can keep their own score, but... It's more of a game of catching your opponent off guard or getting your opponent to um, off their feet. But there's no technical, like, this person scores one point, this person scores another point. It's just basically visual and more of a, um, like I said, of a game. And you could tell, if you got your butt kicked, you could tell. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I understand. If somebody wants to get started or get involved or has questions or anything like that, or maybe just come, wants to come watch... Uh, to see what it's all about, how do they get in contact with you, or how can they get involved in the sport?
5: okay well, you've got a number of ways um you could go on our website, or on our Facebook page the So Tech of Jackson, or you can go on our boxer rebellion um facebook page, or you could come to my class, which is held every Saturday from twelve noon till about two o'clock and Sunday evenings from three p m to about seven seven p m and um, the address to Boxer Rebellion is 856 South um, yeah, South State Street, Suite E, Jackson, Mississippi, zip code 39202.
1: All right, Marvin Williams, thank you so much for your time this morning. Thanks for talking to us.
5: Okay, I want to thank you, and I want to give a couple of shout-outs if it's okay. Sure. <laughs> okay, I want to shout out a good friend of mine, my girlfriend, G.I. Jane. She's at Quest Fitness right now, and I want to shout out one of my clients that I trained this morning, and I told her about what I was going to do, and she's very excited for me. Her name is Miriam Bolden at Next Generation Fitness. That's where I do personal training. So if you want to get some personal training, please come to Next Generation Fitness. That's Plantation Code, uh, Madison, Glustack Exit, and you can come or call me at 601-331-8468. Or you can go on our website at www.boxrebellion.org.
1: All right. And if somebody missed that information or wasn't able to write it down, of course, this audio will be on demand at our website, mpbonline.org. And uh, you can also subscribe to the podcast there. Marvin, thank you for your time this morning.
5: I thank you all, man. Y'all have a good day, okay?
1: All right. You do the same, man. All right. Capoeira. Very cool. So, wide ranging array of stuff that we've talked about today from uh, mississippi blues marathon capoeira mississippi senior olympics liz has done it again with our show today now when we come back we'll talk about some things that are be that'll be going on around the state of mississippi some events over the next uh, week or so and uh we'll do that after we come back from this break this is mpb season pass on think radio Welcome back. It's MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with Liz Gill. I'm Jay White. Thank you so much for listening. Liz, we got a bunch of stuff going on around the state of Mississippi, including uh, uh, an interview that we did last week about uh, the, the PCA Rodeo Finals. Uh, those will be going on the 12th through the 14th at the Mississippi Coast Coliseum and Convention Center in Biloxi. Um That is, again, the 12th through the 14th, the PCA Rodeo Finals at the Coast Coliseum. Uh, January 30th, there's a job fair at MGM Park, host of uh, the home of the Biloxi Shuckers. And uh, you can work for the Shuckers. They're hiring uh, a new mascot. Do you want to be the shucker?
4: No. Uh, we remember, we had our intern over the summer, and mm-hmm. he had work at Trustmark Park for the Mississippi Braves.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And I had thought with the uh, mascot that maybe they had a couple of people rotate in to do it. But no, at, at least at Trustmark Park, it was one guy all night in the in the mascot outfit. Yeah, That's it a hard job.
1: Is, it is not cool inside of those mascot get-ups. That is a warm place, and it smells good too. But uh, they uh, need a on field a, an on-field
4: announcer. Maybe would you like to? Would you like to do that? I don't know. That'd be quite a commute, Jay.
1: It would. I don't know if I could make it without a private jet or something like that. Maybe I can work on that. Maybe MPB could provide me with that. Jokes, people. Uh, mascot, ticket takers, grounds crew. Now that's a pretty cool gig, also. But you have to be good at what you're doing. I know this. I was a. Uh, uh, a high school assistant baseball coach for a handful of years and um, grounds crew work is part of that job. And it's a, it's a thankless job and it is not easy. There's no part of it. That's easy. It is fun though. Especially when you get to ride a little, uh, a little four-wheeler around the infield. I can, I never could get the, there's like a certain way that you have to do it. I guess there's a handful of ways you could do it, but there's one specific pattern to where you you get all the dirt turned over in just the right way, and it looks all fancy and done on purpose, and I could never make it look like it was done on purpose. Uh, Well, anyway.
4: Maybe they have permanent supervisor grounds crew people who (laughs) teach the (laughs) job fair people how to do it.
1: That's it. They also have uh, bat boy and bat girl positions, which is something that's extremely cool. Uh, You're basically down in the dugout or on the field, and probably get to know the players and coaches pretty well right there. That's that's probably a dream job. I always wanted to do that when I was a kid. Concession stand jobs will be filled at another time, so you don't have to worry for that. Dress for a job interview and bring a resume. It's January 30th, 4 to 7 p.m. at MGM Park. And the Shuckers just hired a new general manager, by the way. Maybe we can get him on at a later date. But uh, that's. I think this will be three to, ta- to, to give you a little bit of an idea about it, how different minor league baseball can be from one team to the next. The Mississippi Braves, who are in Pearl in Central Mississippi. The same guy has been the general manager of that team for I want to say this will be his 31st consecutive season or 32nd. Uh and it's a little bit different because the the parent club, the Atlanta Braves have owned most of their minor league affiliates for the biggest chunk of the last quarter decade or quarter century or so. So he's as much an employee of the big club as he is, you know, a manager at the double A club level. So but I believe this will be the third year in a row that the Shuckers, on the other hand, uh, who just moved here from Huntsville, Alabama, a couple of years ago. I think this will be the third year in a row to have a new general manager, if I'm not mistaken. So at least the second year in a row. Also on the coast, Jonathan Holder who's part of the New York Yankees. He's one of their relief pitchers. And several other professional and collegiate baseball players are going to be hosting a youth baseball clinic in Biloxi this Saturday with 100% of the proceeds going to help two coast-area cancer patients. How about that?
4: There was a long article in the Sun-Herald on from the coast, and we have a link to that on our webpage. It's also on our events calendar and it'll be on this MPB Season Pass page. But uh, one of the cancer victims, uh, well, victims, I don't know if you say that, one of the soon-to-be survivors is his go. cousin. And uh, then there's also a little girl that I think has been profiled in the Sun-Herald uh, frequently on her treatment.
1: Very cool. It's, it's 8 a.m. to 3 p.m., and it's Saturday in Biloxi. It's ages 9 to 17. And as Liz mentioned, uh, you can go to... Uh Our website, look at the events calendar there, and you can find it also. It will be on the episode page for this show, uh, this season pass show, um, when it gets posted up there a little bit later today. Um, Northeast Mississippi Community College has uh, uh, a softball uh, winter camp they're hosting three separate camps. The hitting camp will meet every Tuesday night starting uh, this week, so a couple days ago, <laughs> from 6 to 8 p.m. The, the pitcher-catcher camp will meet on January 18th to 25th. And uh, the winter clinic is February 10th, and pre-registration is available at their website, nemccathletics.com. Uh, they also have a baseball winter camp going on, same website, athletics dot com uh in community college is a softball hitting clinic this is very cool stuff uh and again it's our community colleges plugging back into the community saturday january 20th at the uh, icc softball softball indoor facility how nice uh, let's go icc.edu is the website uh, to get in touch with that there's also stuff uh, in the jackson area going on a lot of stuff going on how about this tai chi each Thursday 6 to 8 p.m. at Millsaps College in Jackson. It's part of the Millsaps Community Enrichment classes. Uh, Mike Chadwick is the instructor. Instructor. Participants learn about the the, uh, they learn about and practice yang style tai chi with an emphasis on health and wellness.
4: Our Wednesday Southern Remedy doctor, Dr. Rick, uh, he thinks tai chi is it he thinks it's just the best thing especially for uh older people because he's all about keeping your balance uh preventing falls and i think he's a big proponent of tai chi
1: that and uh warm water swimming i know that's another huge thing that he's into so if you have uh any kind of uh gym or like a ymca anything like that that has you know some sort of indoor swimming facility and uh, you could do, you know, warm water swimming therapy. Dr. Rick is all into that as well. Also, uh, uh, Tai Chi for Better Health at the Flowood Library in Rankin County, uh, January 13th at 1 p.m. Free admission. Dennis Holmes is the instructor. Participants learn the basics of Tai Chi and wellness tips. How about that? Uh, now, what does this Luluman group run? you know what that is because you asked me to find out what that was and I was like, "Uh, no, I don't know what that is.
4: Lulumon is one of these athletic wear uh, companies. It's Ah. a a store. It's in Highland Village. So uh, it's uh, posh. Uh, When you want to look extra... Extra chic while you're exercising. Oh, I'm and, out. And <laughs> I, yes, I do believe it is just ladies, and they have a uh, <laughs> store ambassador. I'm not even eligible. <laughs> a store yeah. ambassador who's going to lead a group run uh, around the Highland Village uh, shopping center in downtown Jackson off of I 55. Very cool. Tonight.
1: Yeah. I was just I mean, looking posh. I don't know that I could look posh. I could try, maybe. I don't know if I could get there. Um, A good story here, Southern Miss, not for Southern Miss fans necessarily, but for one of their players, Corey Robertson, uh, who was a wide receiver or was a wide receiver for Southern Miss, a junior this season, is going to forego his senior football season and declare for the NFL draft. That's according to Ian Rappaport for the NFL Network. Six-foot-two receiver, 210 pounds, had a big season this year. He caught 76 passes for 1,106 yards. That's a huge season, 12 touchdowns. And he was a first-team All-Conference USA selection. Uh, and Rappaport tweets that Robertson is projected to go in the second or third round. Uh, he had a total of 51 catches for 637 yards and six touchdowns in his first two seasons combined. And uh, a big breakout season this year. I think a lot of people were expecting big big things from him, but not, not necessarily this much. Uh, so much so that he's put himself in a position where uh to be dead honest dead honest with you i don't know if him having another big season at southern miss next year uh would improve his draft stock enough where it would be worth uh playing versus the risk of possibly injuring yourself and and tanking out your uh, draft position so um a big season for him a greenwood native and um, all the best to him. He might get picked. Uh, looking like the second day, the first round is held on the first day, and then two, three, and four the second night. And um, they say that second day is where teams build their championships. The star players get picked on the first day, and then the guys that carry the team that you never hear about or don't learn much about are the second day. Well, I know I don't know to say you never hear about or learn about some of them. You do, especially guys like Corey who play skill position. Uh, so. Uh, Lots of fun today. Great stuff, capoeira. I'm gonna have to try.
4: Watch (laughs) it on YouTube.
1: Absolutely. So many of the things that we talk about is is there are things that you can uh, that you can learn more, including. uh, um, Oh, what did the uh, the senior Olympics guy say? Was um, taking off one of their events, and it's we already pickleball. Pickleball. That's right. We've already had an interview about pickleball uh, in the last six months or so uh, on the show right here. So, uh, our thanks uh, to Jamie Lee from the Mississippi Senior Olympics for coming on, Marvin Williams, who talked capoeira with us, uh, and John Noblin, director of the Mississippi Blues Marathon. Stay tuned. So, the remedy Kids and Teens with Dr. Jimmy Stewart is coming up next on Think Radio.
0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.